have your Bibles this morning. Psalm 90. Now, this is a psalm that this one verse, I hope you can take a look at it this morning, and it will help all of us in this room. Number one, you'll notice in verse one, the psalmist says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Lord, you're the place that our forefathers have dwelt with. They've spent time with you, and Lord, our grandchildren have spent time with you. All generations spend time with you. They dwell with you. Most Christians don't dwell with the Lord. But I want to take note this morning in verse number 12, as he goes down the psalm, we're going to look at a few things in it. But you'll notice in verse 12, he says, so teach us to number our days. Now, teach, uh, the idea is that you and I would, um, we would uh, come to know something. It would be something that we discover, or it's something that we are aware of. So he said, teach us to number or plan out our days, Lord, to appoint our days so that they're beneficial to you and to us. Most people in life get up and they wing it. Uh, they don't have a lot of plans. Uh, oh, they might have, we'd like to do this, we'd plan out our vacation, this and that. But they don't plan out their lives spiritually. And that's what I want to draw your attention to this morning. Uh, if you and I learn to number our days, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to seek out the Lord's salvation. Uh, you're going to notice if you have your Bible, turn, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 9. I want you to see this verse. Hebrews chapter 9. Uh, notice Hebrews chapter 9. And look with me, if you would, in verse number 27. And as it is appointed unto man, this word appointed is numbered. It is planned out unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. We noticed this morning the beginning of a new life. A ruby was born. Now, there is also an appointment for all of us to die, to meet with the Lord. Now, you and I, when we look, we start to get married, when I'm counseling, doing pre-marriage counseling, one of the things I do is say, look, um, you need to prepare in case something were to happen to, uh, to you as a, as a husband, how to take care of your family. And so, uh, the guys, I'll urge them to go out and get life insurance. And the reason why is if the unimaginable happens, which it's happened millions of times that a young couple's gotten married and they have a couple of children, then all of a sudden uh, the husband is killed in a car accident or, or some unimaginable thing happens and, he, and he's not available for the rest of his life. He's met with the Lord already. And so you and I, uh, we understand life insurance. Everybody here understands life insurance. But what about spiritual life insurance? If it's appointed to everybody in this room to die, we all have a date. 
God's already preordained it. Now, it is possible to move that day. We found that out. Whenever Hezekiah was sent the word from Isaiah, put your things in order, you're going to die. And he turned his face to the wall and he began to pray. And he said, Lord, I've tried to do what's right all the days of my life. I've tried to be good to the people you've let me lead as a king. Lord, would you give me more time? And as Isaiah's walking out of his palace, the Lord says, whoops, go back and tell him I'm going to give him another 15 years. So it is possible that the Lord would change that day for whatever reason he chooses. Most of the time it would be an answer to prayer. Now, I want you to notice that everybody in this room, uh, when he says, teach us to number our days, uh, teach us, I, I want all of you in this room to kind of take a little bit of time, find a place, and sort of sit down and think about tomorrow and the next day. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. So make it count for eternity. If you have your Bible, turn a couple pages to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And I want you to notice, he mentions it twice in this section of Scripture. Verse 15 Hebrews 3, verse 15, while it is said today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. So he says, look, if the Holy Spirit touches your heart, you're not ready for heaven. You don't have a Savior. You've not been saved by the grace of God. Today, if you hear his voice, don't say, well, I'll put it off till tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Life is like a vapor. It's gone. You must sit down and number your days and say, I've got to take care of this spiritual appointment that I've got with God. I want to make sure that I'm ready to meet with Him and that I'm His child when I get there. Everybody is not God's child. Jesus said you must be born again in John chapter 3. First time from your mother's womb, like Ruby was uh, on the 15th at 12, 17 a.m. And now everybody in this room, when were you born the second time into the family of God? The first time into the family of some earthly family, but the second time into the family of God. When was it? Oh, you may not remember everything about it. I was saved 56 years ago. I remember being in church. I remember walking down. I remember going into a little room that is no longer there. The church has been remodeled. And I remember getting out on my knees and saying, Lord Jesus, it's me, Dave Pittman. I'm a sinner, and I'm sorry. Would you forgive me and come into my heart and save me? That was 56 years ago. But now if you ask what time was it, I don't know. I have to church. It could have been 1230. It could have been 1245. It could have been 1215. Uh, there are some people that were saved. And they were saved as a young person, maybe six, seven years old. Uh, they don't remember the date or the time. They just remember trusting Christ as Savior. And so all I'm trying to say to you is the first thing that you and I would do is seek the Lord as Savior if you really number your days because you've got to be ready. 
And if you're really going to take care of your family, one of the first things you would do would get life insurance in case something happened to you that they would be taken care of because I know you love your family and I know that you and I want to meet the Lord and go to heaven. No one wants to go to hell. So look, as you take the time to number your days, to consider the time gives you on this earth, three score and ten, and if maybe three score and ten and ten more, or twenty more, or ten less than three score and ten. Notice if you would, if you seek the Lord, notice in chapter four of Hebrews. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Everybody here can rest in your soul in the God of heaven. Uh, but he's made a promise to you. Whosoever shall call for the name of the Lord shall be saved. But you must take the time to number your days and say, i got to get this settled. Notice, if you would, he says, verse 2, For unto us was the gospel preached to the Jewish nation as well as unto them, Gentiles. But the word preached did not profit them. And sometimes you got Jews and Gentiles all mixed up. Not being mixed with faith, them that heard it. You see, you have to have the faith as the grain of a mustard seed. One of the smallest seeds on earth. I had someone come back from Israel, and they had some mustard seeds, and, and they poured them out in my hand. And they were, how many of you have ever seen a, a uh, uh, like a little gnat that gets on your hands? Or uh, worse yet, a chigger. You see little red chiggers that kind of crawl on your hands? Well, those mustard seeds were about that small. As a matter of fact, you could just breathe naturally, and you'd see them flying out of your hand. They're so small. So the Lord says, you don't have to have a lot of faith, but you got to trust me. And so you and I, if we're going to number our days, the first thing we're going to do is seek to say, Lord, I've just got a little bit of faith. I'm going to trust you to take me to heaven. Lord, would you forgive me? You must put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Have you done that? Have you been born into God's family? If you're here today, that's the first thing you do if you sit down and say, well, let me take a look at the rest of my life. What am I going to do with it? Number your days. And notice, if you would, let's go back over uh, to Psalm 90. I want you to see uh, when he speaks about it. He said, so teach us to number our days. Lord, would you uh, educate us on how to take our days and use them wisely, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom? The wisest thing you could ever do is settle eternal life, is trust Christ as Savior. So take the time to seek salvation. Number two, you'll notice he says, uh, so teach us the number of days that we may apply our, our lives unto wisdom. Uh, you may know a lot of things, but you've got to apply it to make it work. You may, uh, I remember years ago, uh, I was in a I was in a room, and uh, a salesman came in, and uh, he said, "You know," he said, "I, I uh, uh, my my car just blew up, my motor just blew up," and I, and everybody looked at him and said, "How many miles run?" He said, "Fifty six thousand," 
And, and he says, I, I just di didn't uh, think it had that many miles on it. And he says, well, it blew up. He said, yeah, the motor just seized up, 56,000 miles. And, and everybody, all the mechanics, the kind of guys there said, well, that doesn't sound right. How often did it change the oil? He said, the oil. What do you mean? Well, you're supposed to change the oil every 3,000 miles. How many times did it change the oil? I never changed the oil. And everybody went, oh, no wonder. He said, no one ever told me to change the oil. Well, I'm trying to tell you today, apply your hearts into wisdom. There's the oil, there's gas stations, but you got to stop and say, put it in. Take it out. you got to apply it. If you don't do that, uh, your heart's going to blow up. You're not going to go forward in life very far because you can't go on and on and on without refreshing yourself with the application of Scripture in your life. And so he said, look, teach me to number my days. Lord, help me. Uh, I, I need to seek salvation, but I, I need to sever all my sin. Notice, if you would, in verse 8, he says, Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. Folks, everybody in this room, if you're going to sit down and really take your days and make them count for eternity, one of the first things you want to do after you've trusted Christ is cut off your sin. Everybody in this room, we have habits, some good, some bad. Uh, if, if you have your Bible, turn to Colossians chapter 3. And, and I want you to know, uh, take note of this passage, Colossians chapter 3. You'll notice he says this. Chapter 3 and verse 5, Mortify therefore your members which are upon earth. And he gives a list of sins for the next three verses. And, and he says, uncleanness, inordinate affection. Verse 8, uh, uh, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication. He said, put these things off, get rid of them. And mortify is to put to death. Uh, if you know what a mortician is, he's one that works on dead bodies. Well, uh, he said, look, you put to death your, the filthiness out of your mouth. You put to death your anger and your bitterness, and you put to death, and, and he's got a list of things there. So you and I have to understand God has that same list for us, even the secret ones. And what the psalmist is saying here is, Lord, when I sit down and begin to think about the days I have left. Lord, help me to make them count. Help me to apply spiritual wisdom to them. Well, I, the first thing I got to do is get rid of my bitterness. Well, the, the first thing I got to do after I've uh, sought you as my Savior is I, I've got I've to clean up my heart. Do you understand today that we're sinners? And that if you have habits that are displeasing to the Lord, He sees them. Notice in verse 8, our secret sins. Even if you only think it, this is where pornography starts and comes from. You think about things that are wrong. 
He said, look, your secret sins. Notice, he said, our secret sins in the light of his countenance. Now, that's a big screen up there. What happens if all of a sudden Dave Pittman's uh, sins are put up on the screen and, and dates and times, and all of a sudden I would slither out of here were it not for the grace of God to forgive me of all my sin. But once I've trusted as my Savior, I don't want to keep adding to the list, do you? So you have to apply your heart to say, Lord, help me to get rid of those secret sins, the private ones that no one knows about. Um, Years ago, uh, uh, my home pastor went to uh, Mount Vesuvius, and and, uh, as he went there, they they began to uh, take people through various areas where it had been uh, uh, dug out and restored. And, 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 And he pauses with the group of people, and he says, okay, now, if you want to go see this room, this this place here was a mansion of two brothers, and they were filthy rich, and you can see their sprawling estate as they had kind of uh, had the archaeological dig, and they said, but we found a room, and if you want to go in this room, it's at your own risk because these two brothers wrote things on the walls, and they're pretty filthy. Images. But if you'd like to go in and see in the image of their minds, and several of the men said, well, I want to go see, and they walked in, and they went, wow. We all can have a room like that. Teenagers. Adults, but it's our responsibility to say, Lord, teach me to number my days so I can get rid of that room, so I can clean it up, eliminate it for your sake. Notice what he says, verse 8, thou hast set our iniquities before us. He's willing to show us our sin if we're willing to to get rid of them. You number your days and you say, I'm going to work on this one and I'm going to work on that one. And I'm going to get rid of this one. And over a period of months and years, uh, the Christian goes from a, a, a filthy man of the world to a godly man of Christ. And, and then people see him in the image of Christ. There goes a real Christian. And that's what all of us ought to have the desire to be, a young man, a young lady. That's a real Christian because the image of your mind is clean. And so you and I have to, as we begin to sit down and number our days, I don't want to spend three minutes on that room, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Look, I want every one of you in this room to, number one, know Christ as Savior. One of the greatest tragedies as me as a pastor is that one person in this room would have not trusted Christ as Savior and would miss heaven for all eternity. And that's the reason I'm trying to say to you, number your days. You don't know about tomorrow. 
get it settled today. I didn't show you the second time in Hebrews chapter 3, but chapter 3 said today if you hear his voice. Chapter 4, he said it needs to be mixed with faith. And chapter 4 later on says today if you hear his voice. He repeated it twice because he's saying, look, it's important that you get eternal life settled. It's the first and most important thing you do if you're going to number your days. So the rest of your days are good days. But that second thing is the psalmist sits here and he said, look, he said, the Lord will show us our secret sins, things we don't even think about sometimes. Um, as a kid growing up, go clean up your room. Okay, I'll go clean up my room. And I go clean up my room, and I pull the bedspread over it. I pull the bedspread over the pillows. I kick stuff under the bed. And uh, anybody here ever done that? Okay. I mean, just kind of just, you, you make it where you walk in, and your mom looks and says, oh, that looks good. You don't expect her to go, what is that? The Lord is trying to tell you, what is that? So I want to help you. So I want you to understand, the Lord is not saying, oh, you got this big job. He's saying, I'll help. He says, I'll give you strength to get rid of those bad habits. I've seen drug addicts that heard the walls move and voices and the old demons and, and to get saved and memorize Scripture, and their whole life was different. And they married a godly young lady. They're still in the ministry this day because of what God did for them. And I want to see you stand before the Lord and the Lord look at you and say, I'm proud of you. But you can't have that room. Not as a teenager, not as an adult. And you've got to say, Lord, here's all my thoughts. Thou hast set our iniquities before us. Why? So that we can get clean and be like Him. He wants us to do that. But you can only do it if you number your days. If you sit down and say, uh, look, I I've got this problem. I'm going to take care of it right now. And uh, the next three or four days, I'm going to take care of this problem. I'm not going to sweep any of them underneath the bed. I want to make sure they're all out. And then you'll notice, and, and, and I, I love this part. Notice verse 14. He said, oh, satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. How many of you are sitting down and say, I want to have happy days the rest of my life? Well, one of the things you have to do is realize God's giving you mercy, and He'll keep giving you mercy. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to Lamentations, if you would. Lamentations, hard book to find. Uh, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. Uh, it's a little bit, uh, uh, six or eight books right past uh, Psalms. And, and I want you to notice, this is, a, this is a, a portion of Scripture written by a man in prison, and he's been thrown into a dungeon. And you'll notice, if you would, in verse number uh, chapter 3, Lamentations chapter 3, verse number 21. And here's what causes joy when we're going through life. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. I'm excited about tomorrow. I'm hoping for a great day tomorrow. I'm going to trust the Lord for a great day. Verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. The Lord is always compassionate toward us. 
If we just acknowledge our sin and say, Lord, I'm not proud of that. Forgive me. He says, I'll help. He runs in and he says, let me help. So to number your days is to recognize those secret sins and to realize God's showing you mercy and he's very willing to show you mercy. Now, not only is he willing to show you mercy about our sin whenever we recognize it, Lord, I'm sorry, he's willing to forgive it. The Bible says that as far as the east is from the west, the east is from the west, he's willing to remove our sins. No end point, no beginning point. He's willing to remove our sins behind his back, Isaiah 44. He's willing to put them in the depth of the sea, deeper than Mariana's Trench. In other words, I'm willing to get rid of them all so you can feel free and have happy days. Notice he says in verse number 23, they are new every morning. Wow, what a great God. If you number your days, you can get up in the morning and say, got new mercies today. Uh, the Lord's going to be good to me today. If I'll just be, uh, try to be good to him, I'll try to do the right things. Uh, they, they, they are new every morning. And notice this, and I want to remind you of this. Great is thy faithfulness. We are not that faithful sometimes. I know I mess up, but he is always faithful to me. And he'll always be faithful to you. So I want you to see his mercy to you. When you sit down and take stock of the days you've got to go ahead, remember, boy, I don't know how I'm going to train my kids right. I don't know how I'm going to get ready for retirement. Remember this. He says, I'll show you mercy every day so you can have hope. He's going to take care of me. And remember, he is faithful. He'll never let you down. What a great message. And notice, if you would, in verse number uh, verse number 24, the Lord is my portion. Wow. I, I love verse 25. The Lord is good to them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. So the Lord says, I'll be good to you if you try to drop close to me. I've got more mercy for you every day. I just want you to put your hope in me. Look in verse number 24. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, not somebody else. Can you say that? The Lord is my portion. Therefore will I hope in him. I know he's great in his faithfulness. I know his mercies never end. I know his compassions toward me fail not. He looks at Dave Pippen and he says, man, that guy's trying, but, but he keeps stubbing his toe, but I'm going to help him. I'm going to strengthen him until one day he doesn't stub his toe like that. I'm going to give him strength. I want you to know this. I'd like for everybody in this room to be strong enough to look in the eye of wrong and say, I'm not doing that because I love him. That's what I like for all of you. Not just because you would say, well, you know, pastor said we're not supposed to keep up with our secret sins and keep doing them, and, and you know, we're not supposed to do this. I want you to be strong enough to say no to the old devil. I'm not doing that. It's not right. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to take advantage of his mercies to me. Today, everybody in this room has got mercies galore every day. But he really wants us to say, you know what? 
I'm going to do right. Lastly, not only do we seek His salvation and sever our private sins, we can see His mercy, but you can safeguard your works before Him. How do you do that? Well, notice in verse 17, if you go back to the psalm, Psalm 90, look, if you would, verse 17, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. Watch this. And establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. You know what he's saying? I'll safeguard your works if you'll do what's right. I'll bless you. One final verse. Turn your Bible, if you would, to Titus. It's in the back of your Bible. Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, chapter number 3. And notice, if you would, the message that Titus is to preach. So notice, this is what I'm trying to do to help you today. Notice, if you would, Titus chapter 3 and verse 8. This is a faithful saying. So this is a saying that needs to be repeated. So when you number your days, you'll use this saying. You'll use this to help you build your life. You'll plan for tomorrow, for next week, for next month. This is a faithful saying. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly that you keep reminding people. Remember he said, teach us to know, uh, to number our days. You know how you teach somebody? Repetition, repetition, repetition. So it's not like we're dumb. It's just we don't remember sometimes. Well, notice what he says, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. He said that you might be on guard so you take your days and plan to do right things. Today I'm going to look for someone to encourage. Today I'm going to look for someone that I can be a blessing to. Today I'm going to look for somebody I can pray for. Today, Lord, I'm going to try to take the opportunity when sin presents itself in my heart or in my mind, I'm going to say no because I love him more. You know, strong Christians can be trusted. Weak Christians cannot be. So if you number your days, you can build your heart spiritually that you're, you're trusted by the Lord. Years ago in Russia, early 1900s, there was an underground church. They couldn't meet regularly, at least not at the same time all the time. So what they would do, and they, they didn't have a copy of the Scriptures, but one of them got a hold of the copy of Luke. Now, I want you to see this. Of the Bible, here is Luke, the portion of Luke. I want you to see this. Look here. That's Luke. Someone in their church... Because nobody had a copy of the Scriptures got a copy of that. You know what they did? <clears throat> they 
okay, you come at this time, and I'll come at this time, and we'll come at that time, and we'll end up meeting at this place, and we'll all worship the Lord. We'll sing quietly, and I've got a copy of Luke, and we're going to all share it. So they took it, and they ripped out this page, ripped out that page, and said, here, here, Miss Janet, you can have this page. And here, Lucho, here, you have this page. And here, you take this page. And here, Rick, you can take this page. Or you can take this page. And they all had a copy of that much of Scripture. And it was such a treasure to them. Well, they had gone. The next week, they'd come back, and he said, memorize your portion of Scripture. If I gave somebody... that much scripture next week could you have it memorized if you number your days you can thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee so they meet the next week and they all work it out try to find a good place Uh, uh, they all come back to meet uh, this person at this time this person at that time and they all finally got into the uh, to the room and and they were. They said, Let, "Let's let's sing," and they had their verses. They're going to switch pages, so that over time they could all memorize the book of Luke, twenty-four chapters. They could all memorize it, and so they were all so excited about getting all the pages of Luke eventually, and they're coming. But they're being very careful, so they let's sing. Oh, how I love Jesus. I loved whenever Brother Brandon said, okay, no music, let's sing. And we all sang, and you could hear it. It was wonderful. And right at the end of the song, the back doors burst open, and two soldiers were in with their rifles. They said, okay, anybody here that's not willing to die for Christ, get out. Three of them meekly slipped out. Any more? And then another one. And then another one. At the end of a couple of minutes, nine had left. The rest of them holding their children, husbands holding their wives, expecting to die. The soldiers walked over, closed the doors, and said, we trusted Christ at a church like this a few weeks back. We're Christians too, but we can't trust Christians not willing to die. And they worshiped the Lord together. I've often thought if soldiers came in the doors with their guns loaded and pointed them at us and said, if you don't want to die, leave. Would it be nine? Would it be 99? Would it be 109? Unless you and I 
sit down and plan. Number our days to be more like Christ and build our lives. I want to please you. If you can't say no to the sins in your mind, no, you'll never say no to the guns that you face. And a Christian that's not willing to die for their faith, how much can they be trusted? Boy, when I read that story, my heart, oh, what would I do? Would I feel comfortable to say, Janet, let's stay here. We'll die together. Today, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts under the wisdom, the right thing to do. Today, are you ready to meet the Lord? Today, if you hear his heart, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Let's bow our heads for a prayer this morning. I'm going to ask the pens to come and play a verse of invitation hymn. Please, if you're here today, consider, have you sought the Lord for your soul? Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I have trusted Christ as my Savior, not been baptized. Let me encourage you to let us help you with that. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, 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 I've got some people that I'm burdened about in my family that are not saved. Come and lift them up before the Lord. And ask yourself the question, are you willing to put the Lord first? Are you willing to get rid of those secret sins? Are you willing to number your days? Maybe you're here today and you're, you'd like to join our church. We'd love to have you. Uh, maybe you're here, you're considering it. I want to encourage you to come today. We'd love to have you. Maybe you're here today and you need to be baptized. We'd love to help you with that. But you need to come and just talk with the Lord at this altar. This is a place, it's a hospital. It's a spiritual hospital. All of us are sinners. Could I encourage you? Decide to follow Jesus. Lord Jesus, speak to hearts today. Teach us to number our days that we can apply our hearts to the wisdom of yours that we one day see you. We can be happy and proud of the life we've lived. Lord Jesus, dear Holy Spirit, would you come among us this morning? In your name we pray.